Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with your daily VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a very good day today on this, uh, well, Friday the 13th, August the 13th, Friday the 13th. Actually turned out pretty good for the markets. It's frankly most Friday the 13th do. It's certainly in August at least. We're also in a part of the part of the month of August that is seasonally a positive trend. That was not the case for really the, the last seven trading days of August, but they turned out fine too. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, uh, both uh, investment-related and uh, reality-related. Some things that are just, uh, it's Friday, so it's kind of a free-for-all. Hope you're up for that. I, I, I like to speak quickly so that you don't get bored. So let's go. Uh, and again, happy Friday the 13th. All-time highs, back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back days. That's four, in case you weren't counting. Four days in a row with back to back, with all-time highs for the S&P 500 and for the Dow Jones. Dow Jones, just slight gains today. Really kind of a quiet mid-August day, frankly. Uh, Dow Jones up 15 points at 35,515. Again, all-time high. S&P 500 up seven at 47.68, all-time high. Not the case for Russ 2000. Just cannot get out of its own way. This is not a good sign. This is just not a, it's not a good sign uh, that the Russ 2000 can't get going down nine-tenths of one percent today. Um, we'll talk about that more in just a moment, too, because these internals, crappy. There's no better word. They've been crappy. They continue to be crappy. We see glimmers of hope, which we did last week and for about a day this week, and then we get today's readings again. Just these are awful readings, and that's not... As bullish as we are, folks, we also call it like we see it, and that's not a good sign short term. Uh, but the NASDAQ today was up six points. Very quiet day again, 14,822. Uh, interesting hap- happenings in the uh, in the 10-year. <laughs> we still have people that are saying that uh, the Fed is going to taper, uh, aggressively taper uh, their, their, uh, their quantitative easing next year. Oh, here they come. Here comes the taper. There goes the $120 billion a month in QE from the Federal Reserve. They are about to put the brakes on hard, and they're going to really uh, reverse course here. And then shortly after there, I don't know, a year or two after, here come the rate hikes. Or what we think is more probable, by the way, 10-year today down big, on a, on a percentage basis, down 5% today, 10-year back below 1.3%, headed a lot lower. That's what we see. We've seen that for a long time. We backed it up with solid data and research, and we continue to point to the same thing today. Rates are going back, the 10 years going back below 1%. The Fed will, if the Fed tapers at all next year, they will very quickly reverse course. Very quickly. It's an election year. We, we, Todd and I covered this ad nauseum, so we're not going to get into too much again today. But the Fed does nothing if it can uh, hurt the Democrat Party, the permanent ruling class, their, their, uh, their partners in crime, if you will. There'll be no tapering next year. The first, the first time they try it, the market drops 5%. Watch what happens next. Then I'll only reverse course on that. They'll say, we're probably going to add more QE. And they will. There'll be no rate hikes. Rates are going negative in the U.S. Again, we state it like we know it. Obviously, we're making a prediction, a forecast here. Uh, Folks, I've done this 36 years now. Happen to have gotten a lot of big calls right. It's because I I pay attention. You know, we we, we try to do our best not to have a bias. It's one of the things, Tyler, as a, a, I don't know, I probably can't call it my my mentee, 
but he's my oldest son. And uh, it's just a blessing to be able to work with your oldest son in any endeavor. Dad's out there. You know what I'm talking about. If you have the privilege of working with your with, with any of your kids, it's uh, it has its blessings and it has its, its drawbacks. Because, uh, you know, you just don't want to you don't wanna screw up your kid's life, right? Uh, but the blessings far outweigh any kind of downside. And this is something Todd and I talk about a lot is, you know, look, we may have biases. Who doesn't have a bias? Uh, but we do our – because it's our job. You know, our job is to stay – unbiased. If you if you put on rose-colored glasses or if you're a perma bear, you're not going to make people money. You're tied to what you think, the way you see things, and you just can't do that. You can't have preconceived notions. But when you do your research and you're as as neutral as possible and you understand you understand how biases work and you also understand how contrarians make money in the markets and you start looking at the majority is almost always wrong. If everybody's saying go left, go right, for, for folks. Go right. You'll make money, and you'll be better off for it. And the same thing applies to coronavirus. Doesn't it? Look at look at look at what is happening now with these sheep. My goodness, standing in line for their seventeenth coronavirus uh, <laughs> vaccine. It's just uh, you know, you just when you think you'd never ever see things happen in your life, they happen. But uh, back to the back to the point I'm trying to make here. The the view we have have had for a long time is that we have financial engineering that's taking place here um, by design or not. Uh, you've got to think it's by design. The Fed, Federal Reserve and central banks don't do a whole lot, just be a guesswork. Well, this has been going on for a long time now. started in Japan in 2001. Federal Reserve, of course, really started in style 2008-2009 after the financial crisis that they caused with 17 straight rate hikes from 2004 to 2006. In case you're wondering why the housing market really crashed, why the mortgage market really fell apart, why the financial crisis followed that and the stock market crash followed that, that launched QE, right? Huh. What did that do? Boy, that gave the Fed a lot of power. They are our financial masters of the universe, and boy, they like to remind you. About, about every seven, eight years, they like to remind you that. And so this is not an accident, right? There, there are no coincidences here. Rates have only been going lower for 30, what was it, 40 years now? 40 years, 41 years. Going to keep going, folks. Negative rates in the U.S., just like we have over, overseas. But again, all this serves as fuel for the fire. Massive currency inflation, because that's what inflation is, printing of your money, Right. Uh, currency debasement, debasement of U.S. dollar in this case. That's what inflation really is. And so stocks have to go up. That's part of the inflation uh, uh, equation, if you will. So it's almost impossible. You can't be bearish. You just, you can't be, and that's why permanent bears, that's why we make so much fun of them, because they, they have to know that in this kind of environment, stocks don't go down. They only go up. Again, we can always have shakeouts and we're going to have corrections, that kind of thing, but not in this, not much of one in this environment. That's why these dips are so shallow and must continue to be bought. And so we've, we've remained very, 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 very strong and very, very long, this market. And that's why rates will continue lower because they're not, they can't stop with the QE now. They just can't stop. The financial engineering now is like become, it's, it's become self-aware. <laughs> you know? it is, uh, it's running on AI and it will continue. That's our view. It has been for some time. We could be wrong, but we're going to keep telling you what we believe is most likely 
because that's where the probabilities come from making money in the markets, be it in stocks or, 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 or bonds or housing market. All of this fits into all ties together. We have a new book coming out that explains all that, by the way, called The Big Bribe. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting that out to you here. Uh, should be wrapped up here in the next couple of weeks. Then it goes to editors and publishers and printers and all that. Um, okay, let's let's talk. I, I do want to cover a, a lot of things today. Uh, but again, the markets were quiet today. Um, uh, the internals today, again, I, I have to cover these because they were just awful. Uh, again, I mean, look, they weren't three to one negative, but NASDAQ was up today, even if slightly. Internals were almost two to one negative right there, right at two to one negative, advanced decline, up down volume. Uh, we had more stocks declining, to, uh, more stocks hitting new 52 week lows today than 52-week highs in NASDAQ. NYSE was a little bit better, but frankly, not much, uh, just not much at all. We did have combined 312 uh, companies hitting new 52-week highs to <clears throat> 211 hitting new 52-week lows. That was our only win. Everything else was negative today. And so we were going to call this flat out a not a mix to negative, but this is a negative day. Not a trifecta across the board negative, but this is a negative day with the markets up. These internals should not be looking like this, but they continue to. Again, a lot of anxiety heading into the uh, end of the month, August 26th, 28th, to the Jackson Hole uh, Fed get-together, their little party that swore that they do every year, hosted by the Kansas City Federal Reserve. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, talk of tapering and, oh, is it going to upset the apple cart? No, the bond market is telling you. As Tyler and I talked about, Tyler uh, always – we always talk for the podcast, and he gives me all these great kernels that, that I would never see otherwise because he really gets under the hood and looks at all these sectors that are hitting new highs and stocks and groups and the rotations that are taking place. He really – you know, he's, he, he would have been a – he would have been an, a mechanical engineer – had he not come to work with me and be you now he's a financial engineer, so he loves looking at how these relationships take place. Uh, I'm glad he, he was he's good at math as opposed to his dad, uh, but I'm close. He's, we're a good team. Glad we got him here. Utilities, as Tyler pointed out, all time high today. So, util- why is that important? Utilities are the largest borrower of money in the country. There's no one group sector that borrows more money than utilities. So when they're hitting all-time highs, that tells you as a discounting mechanism, it's a really important, just an important point here, folks. It's one of the things we've been keying off here. Like we key off for the housing index and transportation for the economy. Again, there's nothing more important than housing to the economy. It's just that that's the single most important leading economic indicator. Anybody tells you anything otherwise, they just don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Find somebody new to listen to. It's that it's that big of a deal. But utilities are also a big deal because they're telling you when utilities, which is the most boring of all stocks, but these pay a good dividend, right? They're telling you when when they're screaming higher, all-time high again today, they're telling you as a discounting mechanism that interest rates are going lower. And they've been telling us for a long time. Folks, even when rates were going up, utilities were still going up because they're like, yeah, we don't care. We know, we know that's just a blip. That's a three-month blip in rates. We're going to go back lower again. They, they knew all along. So watch utilities uh, as Tyler does very closely. And uh, that'll, if you start to see material weakness in the utilities, then we can think something's going to change with rates. That's just, they're not saying that now. Um, we dug in all-time high again today, four, time, four days in a row, Dow Jones, SP 500, uh, the 10-year plummeting. The fear and greed index, folks, is at um, 45. 
That's neutral, back up to neutral territory from fear or extreme fear. So as bad as internals are, and um, as much as we're probably due for a pullback, you're just not going to get much of one. Not when people are this bearish, not when the fear and greed index is at 45. And I know there are other sentiment surveys that show other things than that. But this is one we've keyed off for a long time. It's a good guide, real good guide. When, it's, it, it, when, when this index is hitting 80 to 90, we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, taking profits. We're at 45 now. Um, let me go through a few things with you. Uh, first of all, sector watch. Uh, good day today, pretty decent day. We had seven sectors finished higher, four finished lower. Consumer staples up at 8 tenths of 1%. Energy down 1.2%. Everything else pretty quiet. But these are the things really I want to talk about here. Um, Martin Armstrong, who a lot of you know, is a forecaster, an investor. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's a probably a visionary economist. I, I think that's what he calls himself. I, I don't really know. I follow him not as closely as some do. But he's out with a big update, and he's really been pretty consistent on this. So it's not that new. But he's really been keying off, you know, what, what is coronavirus really about? And he's got a, a really interesting piece out. I think this is out yesterday. Had a lot of folks send this to us uh, saying that this is, all about, this is all about giving power to the United Nations. Coronavirus was never really, they knew it wasn't real, wasn't a big deal. You know, it's a flu on steroids, whatever they created in the lab and released it. You know, we, look, we, we, we're going to know in the next year or so that died with or from coronavirus means two very different things. And, uh, you know, what, I don't know, maybe, let's be generous. Let's say of the 600,000 people that they claim died from coronavirus, let's, let's say that the number is 300. It won't even be that high, right? It'll be a really bad flu season. But the point I'm making is, is that this was never about coronavirus. It was never, it's never about climate change. These are all cover stories for the real thing, which is really one world government giving power to the United Nations, paying taxes to them. I don't see that. I just don't see it. I've looked at it. I don't see it. I think this is going to pass pretty soon. I think we're, I think, I think, you know, look, again, it's all incrementalism. We're, we're the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. But that water is just getting warm now. And I, we, we just had the worst 20 years in American history. We're, 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 we're still in it, frankly. The worst 20 years in American history. There's, there's not a, just not a close second. Uh, but I think Martin Armstrong is wrong in this. I think things are getting better, and I think we have evidence in front of us that they are. That's one of the reasons the markets are going up. One of the one of the reasons, big bribe, of course. But I don't think the United States is ready to sell out yet. We just have, you know, we have the the, the not so silent majority anymore that are really beginning to get a lot more vocal to speak up. Uh, that are finding their voice. You know, the whole country is being red pilled. And uh, in case you don't know what that is, watch the Matrix. And uh, you take the red pill or take the blue pill, take the blue pill. You can go back, be part of, go back into the system. Just go about your day, not worry about stuff and just, uh, you know, just happy-go-lucky. And a lot of people, were, were, they, they'd rather do that. That's great. But then you have people like me and like you, or you would be on this podcast, that we're red pill people, right? We're taking the red pill because we don't want to be asleep inside the machine, right? We want to change this stuff and because we, while we still can, to, to, so that our kids and grandkids in the future can be different than the path that appears to be going down. But I still think we're winning. I think Martin Armstrong is wrong on this because we still have guns. We still have the Second Amendment here in the U.S. And until they find a magical way to get us to turn our weapons in, um, 
they're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that the Great Reset calls for. Uh, again, maybe that's a decade from now, I don't know. But what I'm saying right now is I think the worst is over. I actually think we've got a, a period here of prosperity coming up that now that this coronavirus stuff is ending. And, of course, the Delta, the, this new one that's coming. I mean, these are every strain of a virus is weaker than the one before. That's why, of course, they don't talk about deaths anymore. Because they can't, because it's just uh, we're at the lowest level since March of last year when it comes to deaths. And the lies they're telling about kids, you know, the, oh, my goodness, they, whoo, they, all these kids are dying. There's no hospital. It's just not true. It's just not true. That's how desperate and evil their, their lies are. Uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter, do. I, 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 I get into all that on a daily basis there to, to, to do my part at least uh, to, to my followers there to uh, try to keep people uh, apprised of what the truth is. But imagine for a second, and I want to say one more thing about the, about the 20 years. We're coming up on the anniversary of 9-11 and uh, the 20th anniversary at the same time that we're leaving Afghanistan and the Taliban is taking it back. You just couldn't, it's almost not, it's almost impossible to believe that this is actually happening. Yeah, we not the money. I mean, yeah, between Iraq and Afghanistan, $7 trillion. It's the lives lost. U.S. soldiers, what, 7,000 plus between two countries? Not, that doesn't include, my God, all the injuries and uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the suicides and mental health issues for our, for our enlisted uh, men and women. It, it's just, uh, it's very depressing to think about what's happened because of our neocons led by George W. Bush and his crew, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, and these evildoers. True evil here. These are true evil, these neocons. Got us no, no better off, right? And uh, this is why the U.S. is broadly hated around the world. Not, not, not Americans, but, but our leaders. And, and I guess because of that, us, because we are allowing them to be our leaders, um, but we'll have a lot more on, on 9-11 going forward in honor of all those that were lost and continue to uh, pay the price for this and the, the road it took us down, uh, which is just, uh, all, look at all that's happened after that dreadful day. And if you believe the official story, just, you know, you can email me or you can hang around here. We get out a lot uh, of the information on that as we get closer to the date. Or go to your own research this weekend at ae911truth.com. Again, AE for architects and engineers. AE911truth.org, not .com. AE911truth.org. Spend, uh, spend, spend 10 minutes on that site, and uh, your views will change. Uh, if you believe the official story, you will not believe the official story by spending 5 to 10 minutes on that site. Guaranteed. Um, question. If Trump had, we, Trump did win, but if Trump had served a second term, how many, what percentage of the left do you think would, would be vaccinated? Right, they Trump derangement syndrome. I, I think it, it would be a very high percentage. It'd be a very high percentage of people on the left, these liberals that, that, that wouldn't because they, 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 because of Trump. They just, they couldn't do it because of him. And the media would have their backs and call them courageous and informed and intellectuals, right? They did their research and due diligence. 
And uh, they just can't do it. And yeah, Trump is one of the reasons. And then think about this. If Trump tried to do what is happening today with these forced vaccinations, uh, uh, vax passports, right? And uh, businesses that are, that are telling they're, they're going to fire their employees unless they get vaccinated. If Trump either led, was leading the country at that point or had anything to do with it, folks, you want to see a country on fire? This country would be burning to the ground. We've already seen it with Antifa and these far left crazies, right? That apparently just don't get prosecuted. So that tells you, you know, who's allowing that to happen, right? Our, our, our shadow government, you know, our true deep state. But they would be calling Trump. We told you it was fascist. We told you. But burning the country to the ground if they tried to do vaccine mandates and passports under Trump. Just think about the difference. And that tells you where the real power lies here. It also tells you there's just some real big phonies uh, on both sides. But I, I just I think the people on the left have lost their ever-loving minds. I, I, I've, just never seen, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, I know a lot of very smart people, at least I thought they were, that um, have just lost the ability to use logic and reason when it comes to looking at the truths around these uh, around the virus. Okay, looking at the truths around these vaccines. You see what's happening in Israel and Iceland and other places. I mean, it's a boy. It's hard to. It's getting harder and harder to say that these vaccines are fantastic for you. But that's another story for another time. All right, folks, we're going to cover the commodities here. Uh, good day today. Again, bonds are, bonds are going higher. Yields are going lower. Dollars going to go lower. Uh, and gold, precious metals like this setup a lot. Uh, by the way, another reason that we're optimistic about the future is that Democrats are going to get swamped next year in the midterms. And then we're going to have uh, probably President uh, DeSantis after 2024, the markets start discounting these things, okay? And uh, uh, so we could, we, again, that's our melt-up, part of our melt-up theme, that the market's going a whole lot higher. We felt that way for a long time. We think we've got the evidence to back it up. We are optimistic, um, but that's, we're optimistic by nature anyway. Uh, but uh, I think you, you, we're going to make money in the markets being very long this market for some time. Commodities, gold. We love gold. We're long gold and silver as well. Gold up $27 an ounce today, up a big 1.6% at 1778. Silver up an even bigger 2.7% at 2374. Both still trade beneath their 200 day moving average, but this is one of those times that fundamentals swamp the technicals. We are long and strong with gold and silver and copper through copper miners. Uh, copper up three cents today, a pound at $4.38 a pound. Oil today, uh, down 73 cents a barrel at 68.36. And uh, there's Joe Biden now begging uh, foreign countries to please produce more oil. Um, boy, again, what a difference. Guy's been in office seven months, folks. Unbelievable, really. America lasts for sure. Uh, finally, for the day, Bitcoin. I tell you what, it's charged back. It got above its 200 day moving average at 44,500. Then it fell back below it yesterday. Now it's back up big today. Uh, this could be the beginning of a big move in Bitcoin. Up $2,800 right now at 47285 That's a big 6.4%. Folks, as always, really appreciate you joining us here uh, every day. Hope you had a great week, an even better weekend. And we'll see you back here again Monday after the close.